Okay, cool. So just to start, um, can I get a quick intro on you, who you are, etc.? Yes, my name is Sachalela Tomi. I am currently a graduate student in the School of Social Work. My name is Melanie Crespo. I'm a transfer student from Washtenaw Community College. I am a sophomore pursuing my degree in organizational studies. So to start off, uh, did you vote in 2016? Um, and so the second part of that was going to be who did you vote for and why? Yeah, I voted for Obama actually in his second um, round of elections. And I voted for him. Oh, that's a good question. Why did I vote for Obama? <laughs> I was in college at the time and it was just exciting. It was exciting that he was on the ballot again. Um, definitely because he's a black man. He's Kenyan. I'm from Tanzania. Even though he doesn't always claim his his Kenyan identity, <laughs> um, it was still exciting that he was there. So, and honestly, I don't remember what policy reforms he had. I don't remember doing much research on that. I was just like, I'm going to vote for Obama. And being in Pennsylvania, which had some, some issues at the time, I was like, oh, I should vote here instead of voting absentee for Massachusetts. So, and it's similar right now for Michigan. I think I voted for the person that was running for Green Party, but now I just can't recall who that was. I feel very disappointed and sad about the two primary candidates that are currently running. I believe they're both as equal, equally upset. Um, so how do you feel about this year's primary ca candidates? So their platforms, their political history. I feel that um, Donald Trump is a menace to society. I am not sure how we got here. And at the same time, as a millennial, we have been inundated with um, media and we've been sucked into the age of passivity and not understanding how politics affects us. So we've now been forced to be active, even though we didn't think we, we would have to be. So Donald Trump is very much a symptom of the disease that is manipulation via social media, um, passive you know, acceptance of the American dream thing, <laughs> especially as the child of immigrants. It's like you expect things to be okay. You expect the system to run as it should. And he's shown me that that doesn't always happen. And you got to hold people accountable. So that's how I feel about that. And for Uncle Joe, um, he was my 2013 graduation um, speaker, our commencement speaker at Penn. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Um, and I, at the time, I didn't remember what he talked about. I remember he said some stuff about China and, you know, some things. And when I look back, I actually watched the graduation speech again. And he was talking about times of uncertainty and that whenever you graduate, there will be times of uncertainty. Like, okay, like, there's some foresight in there. <laughs> it's a bit. Um, so I'm learning to see him more as a person. Uh, Kamala Kay, Kamala Harris, I am <laughs> riding the wave, as many other people are, as a black woman. I think she, I've heard from people, other black women, that she uses her blackness when it's convenient, specifically right now. Um, and so there's a lot for me with, like, how to be critical of her as I'm critical of myself, but also dig deeper into her her policies 
and her um, her history that can that's problematic in many ways. Our final guest today is Trace Marshall, a computer science student here at the university. I'm a leftist, so I'm mostly going to talk about the DNC side of the primary. Um, this year, I thought there were not very many good candidates. There was like one and a half, in my opinion. I think the only candidates I actually had any respect for in the primaries are Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang a little bit. Um, I think both of their platforms actually showed that they care about real issues facing a lot of people in poverty and wanting to fix real issues. I think a lot of times politicians will do a lot of surface level uh, fixes that don't actually solve problems. And I think both of those candidates really um, care and that's why I, I respect them the most and I agree with them the most. Um, when it comes to most of the other candidates, they do, they wanted to do a lot of like inaction or just, you know, action that doesn't actually help anything. And that's what made me very uh, disappointed in this year's primary, I guess. And especially disappointed because the DNC basically firebombed Bernie's uh, chances. So it's, it's frustrating seeing people who um, say they care about things, and, and I'm talking about the DNC here, um, seeing them, like, just disrupt and try to stop a candidate who can actually help people from getting the uh, nomination and hopefully uh, becoming elected. But um, overall, when it comes to the primaries, like I said, very slim pickings. I really only agree with... Uh, the platform of Bernie Sanders, and then I really like the uh, universal basic income that Andrew Yang talks about. He's too much of a capitalist for my liking, but um, I do very much like that policy of his. So if you could choose any candidate, not necessarily Biden or Trump, uh, who would you want to vote for? Winona LaDuke. Winona LaDuke is a Native American activist who went to, I believe... Uh, she went to an Ivy League university to study law, so she is a lawyer. I actually met her a few years ago at the Keystone Pipeline protest in Washington, D.C. Her platform is ensuring um, sovereignty for Native Americans and preserving, um, preserving wildlife and land. Hmm. Any candidate from, like, who was running on the ballot or... Yeah, I would I would phrase it as any candidate who has been in the running for this election at some point or the other. Oh man, I went to the Bernie rally that was here in Ann Arbor, and he fired me up. It was exciting. <laughs> um, I feel like people. I was excited about him because I'm like, well, what would people do in response to Bernie Sanders? It wasn't necessarily that I was like, well, he's going to he's gonna shift everything. It's all going to be, you know, he's going to forgive my student loans and it's all going to be beautiful. It was just that idea of he was vocalizing radical change, radical from what we know to be American politics, right? Um, and the status quo. Um, so I, I would have voted for him just to see, <laughs> just to see what people would have done. Uh, if I could vote for anyone in this election, regardless of, the actual nominees are now 
I would most definitely have voted for, or I definitely would vote for Bernie Sanders. Like I said earlier, I think he truly cares about, you know, issues and, and, and has solutions that would solve uh, deep systemic problems within our country. Are you voting this November? Would you mind sharing who you plan on voting for and why? Yes, I voted. I already put in my ballot. Oh, yes, I voted for Joe and Kamala. <laughs> Uncle Joe and Kamala K. I honestly still don't know who I'm voting for. I'm still doing my research. As mentioned earlier, I don't really agree with the platforms of the two primary candidates. I might vote Green Party again. I might do a write-in. Um, I'm still doing my research at this time. Um, when it comes to voting in November, I am planning on voting. Um, I'm still deciding how to vote, flip-flopping between voting Green and voting for Joe Biden. I think every time I open my heart to uh, vote for Biden, he just like for lack of a better word, pisses in my cereal, I feel like. Like I said, I'm a pretty big leftist, so having him constantly disavow socialism and talk about how awful it is really turns me off. And then you pair that with his refusal to ban fracking, his uh, refusal to actually have any real plans for police reform. I feel like he will not actually change much um it's one of those things where i feel like nothing substantial will happen under his presidency that will help relations within the black community at least when it comes to police and i feel like he'll do a lot of what obama did i mean you can look at how obama handled the ferguson riots and that's how i would imagine joe biden will handle further riots because i guarantee you there will be further riots within this country so it's really hard for me to, you know, vote for him. I know people will say, oh, you got to vote for him. You got to settle for Biden. But I, I feel like settling is is how you don't actually make change. And if you let the uh, DNC just push these Republican light candidates over and over, you're not actually going to get policy that you want enacted. I think it's it's hard to just support a candidate who basically hates everything that you stand for and then obviously like the the real problem with voting green is dislike trump a lot and i think that he has set back race relations within this country quite a bit i think he's like radicalized a lot of people and he makes racists feel not afraid to be racist anymore so getting him out of office would be would be would be nice i'm just more afraid that with a Biden presidency, nothing substantial will actually change within the black community. We'll be in the same cycle that we've been in for a long time, given empty promises and nothing real actually happens. That's why it's really hard for me to make up my mind in terms of who I'm voting for. A, a bit of speculation for you here. Who do you think will win the 2020 presidential election? Who do I think will win? I do not know. Um, I don't know because of what I've experienced in America. And sometimes when I get comfortable about being here and being happy here, things just shift beneath me. So I will not put it past our country to reelect Donald Trump. And I, I would love, yeah, I would love to see um, him not be here and I could see him being here.
Trump. I believe that Trump is going to win. Um, mostly because right now, I don't think it's anything new, but this is probably one of the first presidents that has been vocal about supporting white supremacy and has been very vocal about organizing white supremacists at his protests and also out in the community. I think that due to this excitement and him basically gathering his troops in that regard, they know what implications will be will come to be if Trump loses. Um, if Biden wins, I'm afraid that white supremacists and extreme conservatives will retaliate. Um, so I I believe that. extreme conservatives and white supremacists do not want to lose the power and support that the president has given him so they'll do anything in it by any means to protect themselves and to protect his candidacy in terms of who i think will win the election joe biden will probably win this election i think uh trump has not really done enough to close the gap and i think that he will uh will probably lose. I mean, in terms of the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton was a historically unpopular candidate that a lot of people had issues with and had been the target of uh, slander and campaigns against her character for literal decades. And she still almost pulled it out. Running against a less horribly disliked candidate, I think, really hurts Trump's chances. And I think... He will find he will uh, have a lot more issues getting reelected than he had when he was going against Hillary Clinton. Going back to voting real quick, what does voting mean to you? Voting means a lot to me. My family comes from Tanzania, East Africa, and it means a lot to have a different kind of citizenship than the majority of my family. And what that means in the global scheme of things is privilege, you know, um, the blue passport does mean something when you go out into the world for better, for worse. And um, as an undergraduate, I was a part of a an organization, um, my, my work-study job was with the Greenfield Intercultural Center at Penn, and we used to take students to the South, to Alabama, um, and also Georgia. And the program was called the Alliance and Understanding Program, was examining Black people and Jewish people during the civil rights and how, you know, how those groups created coalitions for change. And looking back on it, it was very transformative. So we went to Selma, went to Montgomery. We were on the Edmund Pettus Bridge with people who were kids when Bloody Sunday happened, you know, meeting people who were mentees of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Even with John Lewis, I just watched his documentary, Good Trouble, And um, it brings things up again, right? Like, if my parents were born here, my dad was born in 61, which is when Tanzania gained its independence. My mom was born in 63. 
So if they were born here, they would have very different stories to tell and very different memories about their lives. So voting is a privilege. Voting is something we definitely take for granted. Um, and when you think about those who did not have it, <laughs> um, there's one woman, Miss Joanne Bland, every time. And I would go on that trip, Alliance and Understanding, every year, I think for two or three years as a college student. Um, but every time we would learn something new, every time she would say, okay, take this rock, you know, from the church where the four little girls were killed um, in um, Alabama. And like, when you take this rock, you are taking a piece of history, like take it with you and don't forget. Um, so I try not to forget. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds deeply impactful. And I, yeah. It is. And just to add, sorry, I don't... Yeah, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. I'm just this thinking about... Okay, like, <laughs> voting in Tanzania also. Like, the elections are tomorrow for Tanzania. I would be remiss not to mention that. And people are getting killed for that, too. Like, opposition party is under attack. So whether it's democracy or what, um, they wouldn't... People wouldn't be trying to take away your ability to vote unless... It was a threat. <laughs> so I think about that a lot, that everywhere in the world right now, there is uprising. There is the same kind of energy that was there in the 60s on the continent and here. And if we forget about that, then we really just like shit all over people who fought very hard to make a small shift to what we have right now. And sometimes I forget. So I got to remind myself. I think voting I think voting is very symbolic. People say that voting is the little act of ensuring someone is in an office or ensuring that your voice is being heard through a ballot. But I think it is more symbolic cuz time and time again we've seen that the popular vote is really not taking into consideration with who becomes president, usually defined by the electoral college. Um, but it is in the symbolic act just to kind of gauge, I honestly think, like gauge the cultural, like cultural opinion and the culture of the time. Um, so I just think voting is more symbolic. And I think it also symbolizes where we are as a country. You know, voting used to only be a privilege for white, rich men, and then it became a right for women and then people of color, black people, brown people, Native Americans. And now we're seeing the shift of younger people voting, even though they've had that right before, but now they're becoming more involved. So I think it's definitely symbolic and it shows where we are as a country culturally. When it comes to what voting means to me, it's kind of a unique thing. Um, I think voting is supposed to mean being able to have your voice heard and and it should be your opportunity to uh, try to get change enacted in your community and in the world that you uh, want to see happen, but I don't think that's really the reality of what voting does. I think because of the two-party system, there's a lot of people that are that feel extremely disenfranchised with both options, at least when it comes to the presidential election. I feel like for those people and for me, Voting is more just, uh, it feels like it doesn't actually mean much long term. If you're someone like me who cares a lot about climate change, I mean, both parties really aren't going to do much to help that. I mean, I know that 
Joe Biden says that he listens to science and all this stuff, but then he refuses to ban fracking, and then it's like, okay, how much do you really listen to science? So it really feels like your voting doesn't really, it doesn't give you the opportunity that you wish it would have, or that you you wish you had. I mean, at least that's how I feel. I feel like you don't really have the the opportunity to shape policy well not like directly shape policy but but put someone who can shape policy and and try to change things for the better and i think that it's kind of lost its true meaning throughout the years especially with the continuation of the two-party system and the growing divide between people on both sides i guess despite what their parties actually do so I, like I said, I think I think voting is supposed to be an opportunity for you to give your voice and show uh, what you care about. So moving a bit away from uh, sort of voting and more shifting to a focus on the actual election, what are the issues that are most important to you this election year? Gosh, student loans. <laughs> student loans are very important to me. Um, Health care is very important. Um, I think accessible food is also really important right now. And um, with the climate changing, I think things are just not education and and health and food. They're all very much intertwined to me. It's like these things are very expensive for no reason. <laughs> that's my, that's my, big, my big thing. Why is it so expensive? Um, mm-hmm. And then education reform or you know, kind of knock it down, build it up, build it up again. I think that the issues that are most important to me are a lot of issues. Definitely defunding the police and redistributing money to programs that will ensure the well-being and safety of communities that don't rely on violence and systemic oppression. Um, Immigration rights not having children, families, women, anyone in cages down on the border and ensuring their humanity and hopefully that they'll be able to get refugee status so they can have stability in America. Um, I think it's happening in Ann Arbor, but um, the legalization of psychedelics and marijuana, I mean, marijuana is already a thing, but like um, just ensuring that people have the freedom to do that. I mean, it's a lot. Like, also, the rights and empowerment of Black communities and Black individuals, that they are heard. Um, Also, ensuring that people who are unemployed and are impacted by COVID have stability and funds that hopefully don't have to repay to ensure also their well-being and stability. Uh, Businesses ensuring that businesses are doing well and hopefully they are able to get grants and support from the government. Unfortunately, a lot of them are relying on programs that are within their communities, which is great, but I really think the government can do so much more. Uh, The most important issues for me, uh, I would say I have three big things. Uh, The first one is, like I stated earlier, climate change. I feel like we're at a point in history where we are very, very close to screwing ourselves over for, like, you know, ever, pretty much. And I think having people who will do real things to curb and 
help fix the issues that we have and try to slow it down and eliminate emissions and stuff is something that I care about. Um, the second issue that I care about a lot, obviously, as a black man, I feel like race relations, not only within the country, but with how policing works, I think policing has pretty much just been an institution to keep black people enslaved. I feel like it's just a natural extension of slavery. Um, I mean, like, original police were, like, runaway slave catchers, pretty much. That's, like, not a great basis. And then, as you expand, we're pretty much the only country that has the expanded privatized prison system that we do have and mass incarceration doesn't really exist anywhere else and then you look at laws that were passed especially drug laws that historically targeted black communities along with the government peddling drugs into into lower income black areas it's it's not hard for you to see that policing and prison has pretty much just been a tool to oppress black people in society so that issue of how police interact with black people is something that is very important to me and I wish there was someone who wasn't afraid to call things like it was and wanted to actually make long-term substantial change to the system and just overhaul it entirely. Um, I think for as much as America likes to call themselves the land of the free, we sure are uh, quick to jail people and basically ruin generations of families. So that's uh, an issue that's important to me. And the final issue that's important to me is actually helping people in poverty. I feel like this is a very radical take, but I consider myself a very radical person. But I feel like the current capitalist system allows for massive poverty and just is kind of the, the reason that it exists. I think having more socialist programs and not allowing people to just make money hand over fist uh, and other people's labor would allow people to not live paycheck to paycheck, could be extremely close to debt or be in massive debt. And I think that the current system just allows for p the exploitation of workers, which causes them to be stuck in bad situations they can't get out of. I mean, you look at people having to work two to three jobs just to make men ends meet while there are people making billions upon billions of dollars during a global pandemic and then you have to question this hat like this isn't an individual issue it's a systemic issue and the system that is failing many 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 people is capitalism as a country I, uh, I wish we had more candidates who were willing to tackle the true issues within the country I think it's just hard because America has this very weird obsession with capitalism despite many people being completely screwed over by it and I wish we had a candidate who would try to show people that hey your life will be better if we have more socialist programs you're not going to be in such a garbage position that we put you in if we have more socialist programs and that's a big issue that I care about because I think as time goes on, if we don't really do anything, there's just going to be more and more and more people in poverty. I mean, the gap between the 1% and the bottom 1% are just growing. I, I, it will get to a point where there's like, it, it'll feel like a caste system where there'll be a very clear upper class and there'll be a very clear lower class and there'll be no difference and there'll be no little ground. Um, I feel like that's kind of where we're headed. 
so how do you feel about the 2020 election? Are your feelings different than they were for previous elections? Um, and I know you you actually voted in 2016 too. So, you know, how are your feelings different? And are there any are there any feelings specific to this election that you are noticing? Hmm, that's such a good question. Thank you. Hmm, <laughs> I feel differently because I'm at the University of Michigan. Um, I feel like it is different to be here. And also to be in a, a semi-quarantine state <laughs> feels very different because we have to be really intentional about how we're getting our information um, and being sure to to tap into sources that we might not necessarily tap into. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about Trevor Noah. Um <laughs> I was thinking about, I mean, I always, I always look at Trevor Noah. Um, he sometimes, I think he does a good job of like giving synopses of things, um, but also giving both sides sometimes. And I was listening to the talk he gave here um, with the Ford School. And I was like, oh, that is helpful to just bring it back down to what, what we're experiencing. What's the why? I've also been, um, when I watch the debates, I watch them from like different, like CNN, or then look at like, a, not a Fox News, but like Twitter, following different people on Twitter. Cause again, those algorithms can show you whatever you want them to show you. And then you end up getting the same kind of news, so. I feel emotional because though we know that whoever is elected president really def will define our country. I think that what I've noticed in these past four years is the rise of sp particularly women of color taking city, um, getting positions in city offices. Um, we're seeing an increase of people that are not cisgender become mayors of towns, uh, vocalizing that they have political power and can make a difference. So I feel emotional because I'm not hopeful that the presidents that are running in this election really have the best interest of the whole country in mind. But I am very hopeful and happy and excited and that people who have been marginalized historically are finding it within themselves to run for city offices. And I think that's extraordinary and it makes me so happy to see that. But the momentum of that comes from the fact that we are losing faith in, to be frank, these cis white men who have money continuing to have the greatest power in the country uh, i think this is a pretty garbage election cycle like i said like i've talked about earlier not many great candidates on both sides i feel like under a second donald trump presidency i think race relations will get set back a bit probably nothing real will change i mean america's not going to get great anytime soon i think people who are racist will be more and more encouraged to be openly racist and I think that, you know, it'll pretty much just be 
more of the last four years. I think if Joe Biden gets elected, at least it'll hopefully make racist feel more afraid to be openly racist, but in terms of actual change policy-wise, I don't really see much happening. I mean, not only, not no less than two days ago, Joe Biden came out and did the classic, gotta support the cops, you can't be, no matter how uh, angry you are, injustice, you can't get violent. So basically, he's showing that he's going to do the same thing that Obama did, and he's going to do the same thing that Trump did, at least when it comes to police relations and and Black Lives Matter movement, and basically just not listen and try to quell it as fast as possible. And then in terms of our climate, like I said, I don't think both sides will really do much. I think Joe Biden will be marginally better, but I don't think he'll actually do a lot of the long-term big programs that need to be implemented to help save the environment so i feel like it's kind of a lose-lose and i'm really discouraged as an american with this election cycle as to what the future of this uh, country is do you have any sort of final thoughts or questions or comments anything that you would like to share with the audience of pass the mic yeah i would just encourage people to know more about what's happening outside of America because and I think Trevor Noah said this I will credit him with this (laughs) this tidbit like you cannot appreciate or maybe it was the John Lewis documentary honestly maybe it was good trouble but you can't appreciate democracy until you know what it's like not to have it so we appreciate this so much because we know what it's like not to have it that's a very powerful quote yeah yeah it stuck with me yeah I guess for other people that might be asked this question my question is where are you finding hope given the political climate um this might be I don't know how it's going to be received but I just want to echo out there for people that really don't believe in the system and are choosing to not vote due to moral obligation and personal political perspective, I am behind you 100%, and I hope that we can come to a day where we can rely more on each other as opposed to, uh, uh, I guess, like the president. I don't know if that's going to be controversial, but I have had many friends who have been shamed for not voting, and they don't want to vote because they don't want to be complicit in the system, so they're doing a lot of local organizing, And I just don't think that shaming people to vote is productive. And I think that if for those people that are shaming other people to not to to vote, um, those folks should instead put their efforts and energy in preventing voter suppression. I think my biggest question when it comes to this election isn't going to be about the candidates or any of the people who are running. I think it'll have to be for the people who are actually voting. I feel like a lot of times people and rightfully so, uh, demonize the GOP, and they give all these examples about how they don't care about people, which a lot of times they don't, but they don't really see that things aren't much better for the DNC. A lot of people are mad at the RNC for pushing through another Supreme Court justice like less than a week before an election, but they, you know, they don't really see, hey, uh, how come the DNC didn't basically force Ruth Bader Ginsburg to retire during the 2010, during 2010, when she just found out she got cancer again. She was like in her late 70s, and the DNC had the 
majority in both the House and the Senate. That would have been a great opportunity for them to replace their justice or replace her as a justice and they were, didn't get that done and then during the Obama presidency they had two I think I think it was like a two-year window where they had both the majority in the House and the Senate and not much factual substance got passed so I think my question is mostly will people open their eyes to not be so blindly supportive of the DNC and will they realize they have just as many flaws as the RNC has? And that is my main question. I'm, I'm genuinely curious as to what people's reactions will be if Biden gets elected and nothing real changes with under his presidency. If they'll start to finally realize that maybe this group doesn't care about me as much as they say they do.